Did the man Jesus have no memory of being with God? What is woke worship? What do we need to know about it? And did you hear about the latest thing that went on with Beth Moore and Christine Kane? The answers to these questions and others when we understand the text. We are re- reporting, re- recording, recording from our hotel room. Yes. <laughs> so it might sound a little different than usual. Yes. But we are at the G three conference in Atlanta and have been having a grand old time. Yes. <laughs> it's been just as wonderful as last year, meeting all the people that we meet and yeah. and uh, having some great of the conversations. Same people, some of the new people. Yeah. And some people who haven't heard of us before, so that's been really neat. So we are, we've been having a lot of fun, enjoyed meeting everybody. We've had a few questions submitted to us, and we're going to hold on to a few of them until next week. Yes. Because they'll take a little bit longer to answer. Because we have in store for you some interviews. That's right. So this time around, we ask the questions. Yes. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And so I've talked with... Uh, Jeffrey Rice of right. Post Tenebras Luke's, uh-huh. who does the Bible rebinding. Mm-hmm. We've talked about him many times. So he's yes. sharing his testimony here in just a moment. Uh, also talked with Dwayne Atkinson at the Bar Podcast. Mm-hmm. I've been on the Bar before, yes, you but have. he's not been on what before? What? That's right. <laughs> so we got him on and then talking with Daryl Harrison. Uh-huh. I was hoping to get him and Virgil at the same time, but I yeah. think Virgil had left right when I got over to Daryl. Uh, uh, but of course, they're from Just Thinking, mm-hmm. which is part of the bodca- uh, the Bar Podcast Network, mm-hmm. and they did a a live podcast, right? Recording that was awesome. I got to sit in on that. I was so excited. Becky and Sonia went to that. Yeah, we jetted off. <laughs> they, yeah, they abandoned me. I was I was left alone at the table. Yeah, fending for myself. That's right. I did. I actually didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I'm so sorry. They they had set the table up and systematized everything, and I'm like, um, what am I doing here? I'm just gonna shake hands and talk to people. That's so funny. I'm sorry. And we we got a great location this year. Yeah. If you remember coming to the table last year, we were way back in the corner. Which was okay. It worked out. It, it was right because people would come and talk to us, and we had a lot of room over yeah. there. This time around, we're more centrally located. Yes. And we're directly across from where James White and Rich uh, were sitting from mm-hmm. Alpha and Omega. Yes. And so at one point, they were sitting there and, and it just, everybody that was around our table went over there. Yes, so I was like, oh, there. good. I, I've got time to eat my sandwich now. <laughs> <laughs> and and then, then we're right next to Steve Lawson. Yeah. One passion yes. table is yes. right next to ours. And that was so amazing to see him interact with everybody. Yes. That was so cool. But we picked up uh, in his line that was waiting on his uh, to talk to him in person. We um, we we picked up some of their people. We're like, hey, have you heard about us? While yeah. they were waiting. <laughs> it's a line forming by our table. Some people were apologizing. We're sorry yeah. for standing in the way. No, yeah. no here, no, no. here's Let's a pamphlet. Yeah, yes. <laughs> it was awesome. We passed out all our pamphlets today. We did. We went through a hundred pamphlets yesterday. I guess. Yeah, Thursday. Yes. Oh man, it was just we were out in one day. My parents yeah. live in Atlanta, and so my dad is attempting to print some more of us, uh, some more of the brochures for us. Yeah. So we hope we'll have some more to hand out. I don't know yeah. how that's going to work out or not. Yeah, uh, we're I've also a few books too, and 
Yeah, we did quite a few books. I've also handed out the pamphlets as a tract because it's got yeah. the gospel on the back side. Amen. So I've had some some unbelievers yes. have even received a tract. You might be thinking, how are there unbelievers at G3? Well, there are. There are. But that, that wasn't where we handed them out. It was actually outside yeah. uh, the arena. But uh, anyway, so we're going to get to those interviews in just a moment. Oh, uh, that, that wasn't all our interviews. No. Justin Peters is the other gonna one. I was going to say, there was a proposal in there, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so when I was proposing to <laughs> Justin Peters... Uh, of course, Justin is in his wheelchair, mm-hmm. and so I was I was down on one knee. Yes, and my recorder is red. Right. So I'm holding out this recorder, and some people were taking pictures from a distance, and it's like <laughs> it looks, looks like, like a red box. Yeah, it looks like a little red box that I'm holding out to him. <laughs> so Dana from Kansas even um, asked the question: Is he handing him a juice box? <laughs> That's my recorder. It's yes. a little red recorder. Uh, that. That's going to be the interview we'll play last. And I asked Justin about a recent video that went viral Mm -hmm. from Beth Moore and Christine Kane. Oh, okay. Priscilla Shirer, Uh which actually is the way you pronounce her name. Oh, okay. Yes. Even though I've always been saying Shirer. Yeah, extending it. (laughs) Well, it looks that way. It's like Shirer. Yes. (laughs) It's just Shire. Uh, Anyway, so, so she had surgery recently. Uh, which was, uh, of course, a very serious surgery. It was a, it was a lung surgery. Oh man, something very uh, worth praying for. Yeah. But Beth Moore and Christine Kane were in their car talking about how they were going to do some prayer march around the church and anoint with oil. So they had the word. Beth is holding up her Bible. Christine Kane's holding up this vial of oil and saying, "This is the Holy Spirit." So the Bible is the word, the vial is the Holy Spirit. Okay. Like the Spirit's not in the word. Oh, man. So okay. I talked with Justin about that, and, and we had a, 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 a little brief conversation about that. And what James 5 says regarding praying for one another that you may be healed and anointing with oil, mm-hmm. calling the elders to do that. Yeah. So that's going to be the latter interview. And you'll hear within that interview even the... Uh, um, uh, the audio from Beth Moore and Christine Kane, in case you didn't see that video. But first of all, uh, a quick question that we received while we were at G3. Yes. This is from Lisa in Bristol, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And like I said, there's some other questions we got too. We're going to wait until next week. We're going to bring them home with us. Yes. And answer those at home because they'll take a little bit longer. And we've already got 40 minutes of interviews filled up for, for this episode. It's exciting. So Lisa said, Pastor Gabe, at the G3 conference, Derek Thomas said that the man Jesus had no memory of being with God. If Jesus was fully God, all-knowing, and fully man, or as I have heard you say, very God and very man, and considering that Jesus prayed in John 17:5 to glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed, how can this be? that Jesus had no memory of being with God? Or did I misunderstand what he said? I will also ask my pastor. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. It was a pleasure to have you come by the table. Yeah, twice. Yes. Three times, I think, maybe. I don't Probably, know. She, we've she seen, by a few times. I'll, I'll recognize her tomorrow, Friday, yes. or on Friday. Yes. I'll see her again. Uh, and we've had several folks come by. You can come by more than once. We'd love yes, to see please. you. Yes, and, please. And stop and say hi more than once, too. That's we right. We enjoy the talking. 
So we have to believe to some degree that Jesus did not have a certain amount of recollection of of his presence with the Father. Right. Because there are statements that we have in Scripture, like, for example, in Matthew 24, in the Olivet Discourse, when Jesus is talking about what to expect on that day, mm-hmm. uh, he says in Matthew 24, 36, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. Right. So there were some things, there was knowledge that Jesus gave up in becoming man. Mm-hmm. So to some degree, we do acknowledge that there there was a, a kind of amnesia. Yeah, uh, <laughs> fogginess, or, I, or um, what do they call it, dim, like the, the dim glass. I was, I was about to say, are you just about to call Jesus dim-witted? No, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> no. I yeah, the, the, the dim, dim glass, glass is what... you can't see everything right. clearly yet. Right, where Paul talks about so, that in 1 Corinthians 13. Right. Yes, I get it, I know, but yeah, it, it was yeah, still kind yeah. of funny. <laughs> I had to sneak a funny in it. So. <laughs> and then we also have in Luke chapter 2 that after Jesus submitted himself to Mary and Joseph, it said that uh, in in Luke two fifty two, Jesus increased in wisdom and stature, and in favor with God and man. So to increase is going to indicate that it that he is growing in mm-hmm. something. He lacked something in wisdom, right? And so this was certainly uh, things that he was learning, that he was growing into as he was progressing as a man. Mm-hmm. Uh, very God, very man is the statement that I've used. And by the way, I get that from R.C. Sproul. Yes. So instead of fully God, fully man, which can be confusing. So how can you be both at the same time? We say rather in Latin, vera homo, vera deus. He is very God and very man. Uh, and uh, and still the fully God, fully man, is still the same aspect, but it's just better to word it as as we would understand him to be very God and very man. As a man, were there things that Jesus did not remember about heaven or time with the Father? Certainly. There were at least some things he did not remember. Here's our air conditioner in our hotel room kicking on right now. (laughs) But did he have, as Derek Thomas said, did he have no recollection? Jesus had no memory of being with God. Consider, first of all, Luke 16. Because okay. it's there in Luke 16 where Jesus talks about the rich man and Lazarus. Mm-hmm. The rich man went to a place of torment. Right. Lazarus went to Abraham's bosom. Right. Or what we would consider paradise or heaven. Heaven. Right. Yeah. And Jesus is telling this story. Who could tell this story but Jesus? Mm. Who's actually seen the other side right. and can tell us about those things who can relay to us the character of the Father because he knows the character of the Father. Mm -hmm. So how would Jesus be able to do that unless he had some memory of of those things of the other side? Right. The transfiguration on the Mount of Transfiguration, what's being revealed to the apostles there is the glory that is veiled by his flesh. Mm -hmm. So there is a moment where he, before Peter, James, and John, um, uh, takes away the veil of flesh so they see his glory with Moses and uh, Elijah with him there as well. Oh, yeah. And there, there is a moment where the man, the very man part, 
is kind of stripped away and you see the very God aspect of Christ. So anyway, I hope that makes sense. There is certainly some things there that are quite mysterious. Yes. And that's definitely going to be the case because we're talking about divine things. So so they're always going to be even somewhat confusing and mysterious to us. And even to explain it in words is is impossible. Right, right. So very good question, Lisa. I appreciate that. Uh, and without further ado, this is our first testimony. One of the uh, the Bible that I was reading from here is uh, uh, made and bound by mm-hmm. Jeffrey Rice yeah. at Post Tenebras Luke's Bible Rebinding. And I had the chance to catch up with Jeffrey and ask him uh, how he came into this craft and how he came to know the Lord. So I'm here with Jeffrey Rice who is the uh, the founder, would you say that? Founder of Post Tenebrox yeah, Luke's Bible Rebinding. I say Lux, he says Luke's. <laughs> I'm gonna go with him while I'm with him. I don't know, I, don't, I can't <laughs> say that I know Latin any better than anybody yeah. else. Well, I, I look to him as a teacher, so we'll, we'll just figure it out as we go. <laughs> now you've got this Bible Rebinding. Yes. I, now we call it a ministry, you certainly do ministry through it, but it's also your job. Yes. It's the craft that you have learned doing this to the glory of God. Yep. James White's talked about this on The Dividing Line. You had the privilege of gifting John MacArthur with a 50th anniversary Bible this past fall at Truth Matters. Uh, people are praising this work, this craftsmanship that you do in the rebinding, the leather work that you do on the Bible. Uh, I mean, all different kinds of Bibles that you've had at your shop. And it's been going really well at G3. I think you're just down to like 10 more yep, left or something. Uh, 10 or 12 more. Yeah. 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 First day. How did you get into doing this uh, and making this your job? Uh, again, first I'd like to say, you know, all glory to God. Uh, every t- my whole life, it feels like every time I, I I try to do something, it would just it, it just would never work out. And I've I've always been a guy that that dreamed too big, you know. Like I I was raised in American poverty. Um, you know, most nights all we had was pork and beans, and the whole family gathered around one can, and we had different spoons. So I mean, like. We moved around so much um, that I stopped trying in school. So uh, it was one year we moved around six times. So I switched school six times in one year. And I just stopped trying. I just, you know, I, 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 I struggle with a stutter. I, I have dyslexia. I have a learning disability. So I just knew that school wasn't for me. I got involved with a gang. Well, actually, I was kidnapped at 11. Wow. And then uh, I got involved with a gang at 14. And so I was, I was just on this bad, this bad road. I kicked out of school at 15, so I just started roofing. My dad put me to work roofing. I roofed houses for 25 years, and I, I became a master at, at copper. Like I could form copper around chimneys. And I woke up one morning and I just fell over, man. I, I stood up and passed out. And about two, two, two times I tried again. I stay up, stand up. My equilibrium would just give out, and I'd pass out. It turns out I got positional vertigo, but I didn't know I had PTSD. And so when I would get dizzy, I would start to panic and my brain would shut off from the PTSD. Wow. But I had bought a Bible from Evangelical Bibles. It was a Schuyler. And as I was, didn't know what I was going to do, I had uh, applied uh, for different jobs and every time they would give me a, a physical, they'd have me to lay down on my back and stand up and each time I'd pass out. I went to, I was, I was on a ladder, 12 foot in the air, at a, for an electrical company, lifted my head up to, to put a screw in and passed out and, and instead of falling to the ground, I fell over on, a, a, on duct work. 
and, oh. and it kept me from falling. Wow. But um, I bought this Bible and I was looking at it and I said, man, I could probably make this. Hmm. It's one of the Skyler. The, the Skyler's a real nice Bible. Yeah, real yeah. nice $250 Bible. Wow. And uh, my wife was like, there's no way. And I was like, no, I can make this. And so I conned her in to let me sell her Bible, which was a Skyler. <laughs> and I sold some other Bibles, and I ended up buying some leather material and uh, stuff like that, uh, some tools. And I just started trying to do it. Yeah. And, man, let me tell you something. Them corners, the hand-plated corners, that's tough. <laughs> that's tough. I would cry. Literally, I'm a, I was, at this time, I was 38 years old, grown man, crying, praying that God would guide my hands as I was working. Mm. Look, look. Like, uh, this is what I had in my mind. I was unable to, to work and provide for my family. The Bible says if a man can't provide for his own family, he's worse than an unbeliever. Like, like, this was going in my head. Right, that's, that's what, the fear I, that, that's yeah, the, yeah, on that your heart. Fear. Yeah. And, I, I, and I, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew, I knew that I was his. I yes. knew that I belonged to God. I Amen. knew that I never, even in my poverty, I never had to walk to my neighbor's house and ask for a sandwich yeah. to feed my daughter. Yeah. God always provided for me. Yeah. And I knew that he was going to provide for me. And, and, and I would just pray and cry, cry out to God to, to, to use this to bless me. Yeah. And man, has he ever. Yeah. And, and, and I have like, and, and the way that I go about constructing my Bibles, it's no different than how I would roof a house. It's no different than how I would flash a chimney. And the way that I go about advertising is no different than I, I, I advertised in my street life. Yes. Believe it or not, the yeah. way, you know, I, I was involved with the gang. Uh, I, I get known in the neighborhood, whether it was selling drugs or whatever. Yeah. I, I would, I, I, everywhere I go, people knew what I did. I made sure I advertised myself. If I, if I, when I was single, I see a pretty girl I liked, I walked over and I introduced myself. Yeah. All she could do is say no. Right. And so, in this business, when I see someone that can advance me, I walk up and introduce myself. Yeah. Show them what I can do. Right. All they can do is tell me no. Right. Right. And so I just took chances, man. You miss every shot you don't take. Yeah. So everything else that you had done previously, where you were trying to advance the passions of your own flesh, passions of my own flesh. Now you're doing to advance the word of God Absolutely. with good craftsmanship. Absolutely. Yeah. God is using it. All the stuff I've learned in my life, even though it was bad when I learned it. Yeah. But but that's that same method. I'm using it to the glory of God, and He is using it. Amen. And in a big way. Yeah. Uh, so what, one of the things I asked Jeffrey to do for me, my dad had left uh, a Bible that's been his for over 30 years it's almost as old as i am and he uh, left it at my house back in september lives here in the atlanta area so i sent it to jeffrey yeah. and i said hey can you rebind this i mean it's old falling apart doesn't even hold to the cover anymore and jeffrey rebound this bible for me and we gave it to my dad today and he was just thrilled to see it and, yeah. and see so that was something uh, that was uh ministry to my dad i mean did you ever think making these bibles you'd be able to minister to john MacArthur? no absolutely with... <laughs> not I, I never even looked at it as a ministry until people started writing me and emailing me okay thanking me yeah because they said man i just can't put this bible down yeah i can't put it down right and i want to thank you we got one right here in front of me which is my wife's which yeah. we got from you yeah yeah so so we talked about how you came into uh using your your passion and your trade and your talent to work hard 
which you even said you didn't know anything about leather binding. No. You just liked the Schuyler Bible. Yep. And you thought, I could do this. Yep. So, so this is a man with a desire to work and to do his work for the glory of God yep. that learned a skill and, and now God is continuing to bless yep. you with that work. Yep. Yeah. I, I refuse to lay on the couch. Yeah. I refuse to lay on the couch and let my wife provide for me. I, I, I had to get up and work. Thank you. Do whatever I can do to, to help. Yes. And, and, and now my wife at the time was a lawyer uh, working at the county clerk's office making fairly good money. Right. And uh, because of God's blessing us, she has now been, uh, she quit her job nine months ago. She works full time for our business. That's wonderful. Yeah. So we talked about how you came into that job. Tell me how you became a believer. When did you find Christ and, and you went from the dead man that you were to alive in Christ? Well, 9-11, I was uh, playing, uh, whenever the towers fell, I was out in the, I was living in a trailer park, playing hacky sack, drinking a beer. And uh, next thing I know, people start running out, talking about, uh, we're going to war, we're going to war. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, and some people were saying, this is in the Bible. This is in the Bible. And I was like, what are y'all talking about? Y'all crazy. And so I kept drinking my beer, went in there and watched what was going on. And where were you living at the time? Uh, I was living in a trailer park across the street from Nashville Fairgrounds. Okay, so you're no, in, yeah. not in New York City. You're in Nashville. Yeah, Everybody's in Nashville. going crazy over Everybody's going crazy. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and again, people kept saying that it was in the Bible. And I was <laughs> like, you know what? I'll find out. And at this time, I couldn't read a lick. Like, I was kicked out of school at 15 for gang violence. I've, I've always had a learning disability. Uh, I'm dyslexic. Yeah. I have a real bad stutter. And so I, 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 when, 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 whenever it came to school, I just re, I, I moved so much, I just refused to try anymore. And so I, I finally was like, look, I'm on, I'm, I'll figure it out. So I picked up a Bible. I'd read three words, skip 10 of them babies. Yeah. And eventually I could read five words and skip eight. Yeah. But over, over I, I just every day, I would pick that Bible up and I'd read it. And uh, so this was uh, 2001, 2003, I started going to a, a little Southern Baptist church. And, so that's uh, what they got in Nashville. They yeah, got that's what plenty they, of we, them we, Southern we Baptist got, churches. We got lots of Southern Baptist churches. <laughs> All right, uh, I was going there for about two weeks. I, I, I walked up to the, uh, the, the, the thing, try, you know, I, I guess I was trying to get saved. And, and the guy asked me where I come from. I told him where I come from. And he said, well, do we welcome him in? They welcomed me in. And I didn't know what happened. Four weeks later, they had me teaching Sunday school. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know anything about yeah. that. I, I, I had been reading the Bible, stuff like that. Well, 2005, yeah. I heard Ray Comfort preaching on the streets mm. on TV. Okay. And I saw myself naked before God, oh. exposed yep. as a false convert. And I, I, I repented, put my faith in Christ. And, uh, you know, it's been that... That's the moment. That's the telephone pole of my life. I tell people all the time, like, like you can be driving down the road and you stop at a red light. And these are things that when you stop at a red light and you look down for a second and a car pulls up beside you and just for a split second, you feel like you're moving. So you, you hit the brakes harder and you need something to look at that you know that doesn't move. Right. Like a telephone pole. Right. To know that you haven't moved. And so when I, that moment when I heard Ray Comfort preach and I saw myself naked before God and I cried out to him to save me, that's my telephone pole in life that I can look back to and say, God saved me. No matter what's going on in my life, no matter if I have fallen in sin, that right there tells me, Jeff, you are a Christian, you need to repent, mm. and, you know, or, or 
no matter what it is, I can. That's the moment that I look back to. Listen to Ray Comfort preach on the street, open air preach. Yeah. And, and I know that God saved me. Mm. And he gave me saving faith that day, man. And uh, yeah, I, I, you know, it's weird, you know, because again, I thought I was a Christian. I thought right. I, was, I walked up to the altar. I thought I was doing what I was. He yes. t- I did what he told me. I told him where I was from. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know how this stuff went, you know. I tell, believe, tell us where you're from and yeah. what your name is and you're saved. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah you know, <laughs> uh, I believe TBN produces more atheists than uh, any second. Oh, college. my goodness. You're not kidding. Yeah, yeah no joke. <laughs> but I, I read my Bible every day. And uh, every day I wake up, put my trust in Christ. And I, I just, I, 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 I attend church. I get involved in church. I read my Bible. I pray. I, I sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I, I, I devote myself to the authority of Scripture. Yes. To, to, to what God has given us to live holy, and I, I, man, that's just that's what I do. Yeah. I want I want to live holy before a holy, holy, holy God, and I and and, and I feel miserable, but 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 that's what I try to do. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> well, that's that's Christ. Christ. Yeah blood who covers us and justifies yeah. us before the father yeah. so and this is this is the word that we find in the bible yeah. uh, the precious scriptures that god has given to us that we may know we may see our sin and his holiness yeah. and our need for a savior in light of that yeah. that's the message we get from scripture and you've put it in such a beautiful package oh, yeah. with your with the leather work that you do yeah. so i'm so grateful that uh, the first time i encountered you was at g3 last year yes so grateful to see you again here this year yeah. and when, brother keep up that great work when i heard like I didn't know who he was, Gabe. I didn't know who you were. I didn't know your face. I never saw you before. But when you spoke, I knew. I said, "What? <laughs> Here's a guy." Yeah. I had, uh, I've been listening to you since 2013, and I love you. And, oh, thank uh, you so much. You, and, uh, you, you are a pillar of the faith. Well, I, I, I don't deserve that, but I, I sure appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much. God bless you, brother. Thanks for taking the time to share your story with us. Amen on the broadcast. Thank you. What a wonderful story Jeffrey has. Oh, yeah. And a real sweetheart of a man. Wonderful to meet oh, him. Yeah. But check out his website, Post Tenebras Luke's Bible Rebinding, and, uh, and see the kind of workmanship that he does. It is amazing. Yes. So then our next interview, this is with, I'm going to put both of these together. This is with Dwayne Atkinson of The Bar, mm-hmm. and then Daryl Harrison of Just Thinking, which is through The Bar Podcast Network. And he works at GTY. And he works at Grace to You, which we talk about that at the end because he, he talks about some Grace to You giveaways they're doing at G3. Oh, that's cool. So I am here with Dwayne from The Bar Podcast. That's right. I've had the privilege of being on The Bar, and now he's on When We Understand the Text. What? Yeah, so tell us <laughs> tell us about this ministry. You're, you're, you've got The Bar Podcast um, t-shirts out here and then you also have just thinking i'm wanting to get a hold of daryl over here too sure sure, sure. so the bar podcast started about four and a half years ago um i was inspired by podcasts to start a podcast and the bar stands for biblical reform and i had a team with me and whenever the platform built um we got to a place man where i was like man i would love to start other podcasts under the network and that's actually how we got to just thinking i met you know virgil was on my team and then i met daryl through a blog and then i was like man these two guys go really good together 
ended up being magic, man. That's great. Uh, it's a terrific broadcast. Yeah. And so we had, uh, um, even here at G3, a live recording. Yeah, man. It was of awesome. Just Thinking, which I'm going to I'm gonna talk to Daryl and see how that went, what they talked about. Because I know what they're talking about is uh, here, since the theme is worship, mm-hmm. they talked about woke, woke worship. worship. Yeah, man. So what is the, what is woke worship and what do we need to know about it? Right. So they're going to give you a much better definition of it. That's <laughs> why I have them doing what they're doing. But what, what they covered, man, was the the misunderstanding of trying to have a diverse congregation. Okay. We're trying to change a service so that it appeases, you know, blacks or whites, but that we stay focused on the gospel and stay focused on giving God worship, not trying to cater to right. a congregation, you know, and, it, and that we're not required to to have a, a mixed congregation as long as that everybody has this, the heart of Christ. Yes. So right. that's that's the nutshell of yeah. it. Yeah. So you have the demographics that'll come out and tell you, okay, your area is this much percent white, this right. much percent black, this much per, uh, uh, Hispanic. And so you'll have churches that'll want to make the congregation. We need to be able to look into the audience and see exactly the demographic of our area, or we're doing something wrong. That's wrong. So yeah, so then, <laughs> the, then the basis becomes uh, the, the statistics and demographic information rather than God's word and yeah. preaching the word of God. Because God builds his church. That's you right. Know? Absolutely. He does, he does that work. And so we don't have to move, skew, and switch things up to make that happen. Amen. Yes, sir. So what's the future of BAR and where do you where do you see this going? So the BAR podcast, man, I call it the locomotive. It's the engine that's pulling everything along. It's constantly every Tuesday you're going to have an interview with someone, either a well-known or local pastor or seminary professor or you just never know. So we're going to be that constant thing that you're going to always have every Tuesday. My joke is if someone goes into a coma, wakes up, and if a notification goes off, says the bar, oh, it's Tuesday. You know <laughs> right. what I'm saying? So, that's right. So that's that's the future for the bar, man. We're just thinking um, this is the fastest uh, podcast growth I've ever seen. Uh, 500,000 downloads in less than a year. That's amazing. Um, and so we're going to really push on, um, you know, just little marketing strategies just to try to get more people, uh, you know, listening to the Just Thinking podcast. Those guys, they're, they're going to bring the content. So it's just a matter of me putting it in front of the right people. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Well, thank you so much, man, man for everything you. that you're doing. Yeah. Now, where can people find you? They're looking for the bar. Yeah, the man. Bar. So you go to thebarpodcast.com. And right there is everything. We have all of our episodes. Um, and also there's a tab for the Bar Podcast Network where you can find Just Thinking and everybody that's in the network, as well as thebargear.com is also on that yes, same tab. Yes, get the hats man. and the T-shirts. Yeah, yes. man, so you can represent and, uh, you know, and, and let people know who you like to listen to. It's amazing the number of people I'll see walking around here who got till, bar wait gear Wait tomorrow. Tomorrow oh. is G3 Bar Day, man. Everybody that uh, has bar gear is supposed to wear it tomorrow. We're going to take a big That's on Friday. Picture. Yes, sir. Yep. All right. Yes, sir. Brother, all to the glory of God. Yes, sir. Thanks for doing Always. what you do. Thank you. Now I'm standing here with Daryl Harrison, who is one half of Just Thinking podcast, which I've said before on ours, has the best name of any podcast, <laughs> Just Thinking, because it's not just about thinking, but that we're thinking justly according Indeed. to what God says justice is in his word. Indeed. Yeah. Amen. So today at G3, now, now we're, we're recording this on a Thursday, but uh, at G3, you did a, a live podcast recording. Right. Uh, and the 
theme or the focus was right. woke worship. Right. So our theme at G3 this year is worship. You were talking about woke, woke worship. Right. What is that? Yeah, so woke worship, we defined it in the podcast as another way of talking about what I call identity ecclesiology. Me, and, and with that term, we're talking about people who look for aesthetic connections within, within a local church. So their focus is on uh, pleasing their own personal um, worship experience by looking for a particular type of preaching, a particular type of worship or, or music, uh, a particular type of fellowship before. And those criteria have to be met before they will associate themselves with the church. So that's what's called uh, identity ecclesiology, ecclesiology. But when you drill that down to woke worship, we get into things like uh, looking for a specific ethnic percentage of the congregation. We want to we want to join a church that's, that looks a certain percentage like I do, yeah. so I can identify with that church ethnically. Or with regard to sex, I need a church that's uh, 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 uplifts women or, or something in that regard. But but the point we're making is that Christ and His gospel are secondary to a local church meeting your personal. Ecclesiastical uh, perspectives and uh, and demands. That's what happens in woke worship. That's what happens yeah. in woke worship. Yeah, yeah. exactly so right. Christ and His Word becomes secondary, right. and the focus is more on man. It's more on it man. On it's more on right. you because you've convinced yourself that the mission of the church is to please you, yeah. as opposed to pleasing Christ. So we've inverted the role of the church. We've inverted our understanding of the church so that we make that understanding all about us. Yeah, all about me and my wants, my desires, my wishes. The church satisfying me, as opposed to the church satisfying the Lord of the church, who is Jesus Christ. Yeah, amen. So somebody identifies the problem, Mm -hmm. but they're like, I just don't know how to word what the problem is. Mm -hmm. So if I'm talking to a friend about this, it's wrong, but how do I tell them it's wrong? Well, I think the one thing we need to do first, Gabe, is don't assume that it's a problem. And, and what I mean by that, and we pointed this out in the podcast today where we quoted Dr. King from 1960, where Dr. King asserted that 11 o'clock a.m. on Sunday mornings is the most segregated hour in America and that that has to change. Well, on what basis is that an issue? Yeah. Okay, what uh, quantifiable uh, data can you give me that? And even if you can give me statistics on that, where in Scripture is the church mandated to ensure that every local church has an equilibrium, if you will, of uh, uh, whites, ethnic whites, ethnic blacks, ethnic Hispanics. Where is that in scripture? Yeah. So if, if it's not found in, in scripture, is it really a problem? Okay. Uh, so don't assume, number one, that it's a problem. And I'm speaking to believers here. Don't assume that because the world says it's a problem, don't assume that it is. Uh, but in understanding a lot of the terms that the world uses, we all know what the fundamental root cause of the discord that exists within humanity is, and that's sin. You have to go back to Genesis 3 for the root cause, the only root cause to all the problems that we have uh, from a vertical standpoint, meaning our uh, 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 Disenfranchisement, uh, disenfranchisement with God, and then horizontally with one another. Right. It's the same root cause. It's sin. But when you come up with terms like intersectionality, critical race theory, uh, uh, social justice, the social gospel, uh, what these ideologies are preaching essentially is a different soteriology. They're they're preaching a different salvation than what the gospel preaches because what they're arguing is that, and this is even happening in the church, they're arguing that the atonement of Christ was insufficient to deal with any of these issues that separates us from one another. So that's that's essentially what I mean by them preaching a different soteriology. It's a different 
type of salvation that either says that the atonement of Christ was insufficient or if, if it was sufficient to any degree and that our works, uh, including the church, we must be involved in uniting humanity under this one sort of rainbow ideology where we all just come together. I call it the Rodney King theology. You remember what We're happened with Rodney King? Along, Can right? we all just get along? Right. But that's not what the Bible teaches. Um, so for us to understand what these terms mean, we have to capture these words and then overlay scripture over them to sort of decipher them, number one. Yeah. And then translate them into biblical vernacular. Right. Uh, you lift, you've listened to our podcast regularly, Gabe. And you know, one thing that we stress over and over and over again, that as Christians, we must be dogmatic about sticking to biblical vernacular, biblical terminology, and biblical categories. Yeah. That's rule number one. Yeah. Uh, so never argue the world's uh, logic on their turf. You bring the world's terms and their uh, their concepts, their ideologies, you bring those into the text of Scripture. And under then you submission. Interp- under uh, submission to the authority of Scripture. Yeah. And you interpret those terms through Scripture, not the other way around. Right. So that kind of leads into what I was going to ask next is like, so so if somebody's hearing these terms thrown around, but man, what do I have? What kind of time do I have to look into what critical race theory is? Mm-hmm. So how how is it as we, we as Christians, mm-hmm. how do we respond to people who are starting to push this Marxist kind of philosophy onto us. What, what's the best way to respond to it? Well, again, I think I have to go back to Gospel 101. Did Christ's death accomplish anything? Uh, absolutely. That's the number one question. Yeah. Did Christ's death accomplish anything? If it did, then you have to ask yourself, what was it that his death accomplished? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, a third question would be, what did Christ's death leave unaccomplished? Okay, so what you have to do is turn their declarations, their declarative statements into into theological questions. Right. So to understand critical race theory, you could break it down across several layers. Uh, But first of all, just find a definition of what critical race theory is. Understand it from a fundamental definition standpoint. And then as you understand that, bring that definition into the Word of God to see what does the Word of God say about the um, aspects of critical race theory, of what it proposes to be, what it proposes to accomplish. And then you get to the point to where you can say, okay, listen, you have to ask the question, what did, did the gospel, does the gospel exist to unite the world to the church? Mm. Is that why the gospel exists? The answer is no. Yeah. The gospel exists to unite believers into the family of Christ because only believers are adopted into the family of Christ. What the world is promoting is a different type of salvation and saying that critical race theory will bring this sort of uh, nirvana type existence uh, into the world. But when we know from scripture that believers ought to be looking towards a new heaven and a new new earth where righteousness dwells. It says that in 2 Peter 3.13. So we have to understand, first of all, what the word of God teaches and then bring that to bear against what the world is teaching. Yeah, right. Their theories, their theories are not salvific, only Christ saves. Right. So that's fundamental to understanding what the world, what the world's ideology, ideologies are that are being pushed against the church. Yeah. yeah. So I think of a quote from Martin Lloyd-Jones, where we're, we're actually uh, just like three booths away from Martin yeah. Lloyd-Jones exactly. Trust, right exactly. over here. <laughs> the MLJ Trust, man, I that's love those right. guys. That's right, so there was, there was a, a comment that he made once about it's a, it's a grave issue of man mm-hmm. that he's come to believe that if we change a man's environment, mm-hmm. that, he, yeah. that he'll yeah. get better. Yeah. All we have to do yeah. is improve his situation, his opportunities are better, yeah. and then suddenly he'll be a better guy. Yeah. And then that, that is such a, a grave philosophy because it ignores the fact that it was from paradise right. that man fell. Right. 
when and, uh, everything was perfect. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I've heard Lord Jones, uh, I've heard his sermon where he makes that point. And uh, you see, here's the thing. At best, what critical, what, what theory, what, what man-made theories and man-centered theories and ideologies like critical race theory, what they're essentially pushing at best is behavior modification. They right. want people to treat one another better, but in order to do that, you have to commit the sin of partiality. So, and what I mean by that is critical race theory automatically and intrinsically, by definition, separates people into groups. Yeah. And if constituencies, scripts, constitu- is there, yeah, right. that's what the term they, right, that's what the, right. Yeah. So, th- so they'll separate people into constituencies, which innately is sin because the Bible is clear against showing any type of partiality against anyone. You're automatically being prejudiced. Right, you're automatically point. being prejudiced yeah. at that point. <clears throat> so they separate people into groups and then they apply justice selectively to these groups. Right. So any any quote unquote justice that is applied subjectively or selectively is not justice. Yeah. It's not justice. One of my favorite passages in scripture is Leviticus 19:15 where God says you shall do no injustice, you shall not uh, favor the rich or the poor. Right. Social justice innately favors the poor. Mm. Again and then pits the poor against the rich. You see, so again, if Christians are going to be successful in in defending the truth of the gospel against these worldly ideologies, you have to begin by knowing what scripture says yourself. Yeah. You must study the word of God. You must study, 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 and study diligently in order to be able to address intelligently these issues that are coming against the church. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So so that's that's how we combat you know, the big terms that's difficult for us to learn. I don't have time to study what right. intersectionality is, mm-hmm. but we do have time to study the Word of God. Right. You and should be have equipped time. with this. That's right. right. That's right. So go to God's Word, and you're equipped with the tools that you need to be able to respond to these things. Amen. Absolutely. So I think of Titus 3, 3, for we also once were foolish ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We were disobedient, mm-hmm. deceived, enslaved to various mm-hmm. lusts and pleasures, spending our days in malice and envy, hateful mm-hmm. and hating one another. Mm-hmm. So this this prejudice dividing partiality thing mm-hmm. that's being done, that's what we were doing before we came to Christ. Right, right. But, verse 4, when the kindness of God our Savior and His love for mankind mm-hmm. appeared, He saved us, mm-hmm. not on the basis of deeds, which we have done in righteousness, but according to His mercy by the washing of regeneration and the renewal by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So the question again becomes, what did Christ accomplish? What is his death accomplished? That, that, that passage that you just read from Titus brings us back full circle to the original comment that I made. You have to understand and ask yourself, what did Christ's death accomplish? Why did Christ come? What did he come to the world to accomplish? What did he come to achieve? What was his purpose in coming into the world? You have to be able to answer that question. If you can't answer that question, then you're lost. Right. You're going you're gonna to lose the argument altogether. Yeah. Yeah. Well, brother, I so appreciate everything you're doing Thank through you, Just Gabe. Thinking. Thank you, brother. I wish I, I saw Virgil walking by here a minute he ago. He did, man. He dashed out of here. That guy's such a rock star, man. There's no telling where he's going. Probably going to sign autographs or something. Yeah. Or if you listen to Just Thinking, you probably know him as Omaha. Yeah. So thank you for what you guys do. And you're working with Grace to You now. Yeah. Yeah. So what with standing with the Grace to You booth, wearing the Grace to You shirt, what are you promoting while you're here? Well, we're uh, basically uh, at the Grace to You booth at the G3 conference. We have a lot of stuff to give away for folks who stop by and talk with us for a second. Not the least of which you have a chance to register to win a free set, a free 33 volume set 
of John MacArthur's New Testament commentary. So, oh my, stop by the. I gotta sign up. I haven't. I signed up. You gotta register, bro. That's right. Put your information in there. We also have uh, free CDs of some of John's messages to give away for free, and you can also register for a free copy uh, of John's book called Final Final Word. Word. Just fill out a little form. We'll take your information and send you a, a copy absolutely free of Final Word by John MacArthur. So be sure to stop by the Grace to You booth at the G3 conference. God bless you, brother, and thanks for all that you do. Thank you, Gabe. Thanks for the opportunity, brother. You're welcome. Thank you so much, man. So thank you to Daryl, and thank you yeah. to Grace to You for yes. even the, the great stuff that they're doing here at uh, G3. Just amazing. So now our final interview is... Justin Peters. I'm here with Justin Peters, and we're actually right in front of the Justin Peters Ministries booth. You're not speaking at G3 this year. No, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm doing a couple of interviews with a couple of different guys, but I'm not speaking yet. And so you just get to be here and enjoy the conference then? Yep, just enjoy the conference and talk to folks, so I, I, I enjoy that. Yeah, it's wonderful to hear all the testimonies from people and encouragement and uh, hear their stories. I love it. Yeah, and John MacArthur's coming up in like five minutes, so I don't want to keep uh, Justin from John. So, <laughs> But one thing, uh, we, we were chatting actually right when Justin got here and we ran into each other um, about, uh, well, Beth Moore uh, popped up again recently with Christine Kane. Yeah. Holding a Bible and a vial of oil or something. Yes. This was a video on Instagram. What was this about? Yeah, someone sent it to me. I think actually my wife found it and uh, sent it to me. So, yeah, so Priscilla Shire, one of their friends, right. you know, she was having surgery apparently. I later found out lung surgery, which, you know, we hope she's okay. That's, that's pretty serious. It yeah. is, yeah. Um, so, anyway, she's having lung surgery. And um, there's this video that Beth Moore did with Christine Kane. They're in a car, and it's just the most bizarre thing. You have to see it to believe it. But said they're they're going to go in and they're going to basically storm the hospital. And she said we are armed and dangerous. And she's holding up her Bible, and Christine Kane's there with. We have. She said we have the Word, and we have the Spirit. And they had this vial of oil, anointing oil. So apparently the Bible, of course, the Word, and the Spirit is in this vial of oil. So the Spirit's not in the Word. Apparently <laughs> not. I mean, it is just the, I mean, it's the its the charismatic hokiness. Uh, but she was so animated. Of course, she's always animated. Yeah, yeah, very but, manic. Yeah, 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 very yeah. manic. You know, and she said, we're going to go in there. And she literally, direct quote, we're going to cause a ruckus. Yeah. You know, she said, we might stop short of was it waving banners but she said we're going to march around the, the hospital seven times yeah you know word and spirit oh no oh she said i i've anointed christine kane said i'm i've anointed myself and beth moore's i'm going to anoint myself with the oil it's just it's like it's like charismatic lunacy yes it's just lunacy yeah okay? but she is hanging around word of faith charismatic people and her theology and her teaching and her mannerisms are becoming more and more charismatic. Right. Well, good morning, everyone. This is my frequent. Chris, look how high my hair is. I know. All right. Okay, hold on, hold on. This is the story of our lives. Yes. Flat. Okay. Yes, and poofy. We're on our way to the hospital for our friend, and he's having surgeries this morning. We are armed and dangerous. And Chris hasn't, she, anno- yes, she's got the anointing oil, and she anointed her own self. My own self. Yes. So that I could lay holy hands. Yes, yes. And so I'm about to anoint my own self, too. So I just want you to know that we are about to make a ruckus at a certain hospital in Dallas. So and we're I want on you it. to know the word and oil. 
Oh, I am. That's us too. This is right it. There. Word and spirit. Word and spirit. Word and spirit. So do not worry. Do not worry. Stand with us today, but worry not. We are ready to go, armed and dangerous. Amen. Yes. So somebody sees somebody like this do this, right? Beth Moore, Christine Kane, and I think they just love their friend. So what's the problem with what it is that they're doing? What makes this so dangerous? Well, it's it's so dangerous because it's purely emotional. It's it's enthusiasm that's not grounded in real scripture or right. real doctrine, sound theology. Uh, they, I'm glad they care for her, their friend Priscilla Shire, but they would be far better served to pray for her mm-hmm. quietly. Uh, you know, not go in the hospital and cause a ruckus saying we're armed and dangerous and anointing people with oil. That's not going to help Priscilla. Now, there's all kinds of issues with Beth Moore, so I'm not even sure how much her prayers would benefit her either. But, uh, I mean, that's, uh, yeah, there's all kinds of issues with Beth Moore. Yeah. But, but I mean, if, if you, I'm not against praying for the sick. Absolutely. I have people that I know that are sick and, uh, I pray for them. I pray that God's will would be done if it would be his will to Amen. bring healing. Yes. Which I believe that God not only can, but on occasion does right. physically heal people. Right. But only when it's his sovereign will to do so. Uh, but, yeah, pray. I'm not against that. But uh, this this hyper-emotional that is emotionalism that is detached from sound doctrine is just, it's all it is. It's emotionalism. It, it's cotton candy fluff there's no substance there yeah so um yeah and your little vial of anointing oil isn't gonna isn't gonna benefit anybody it's just, right so what do we find in scripture when it says anoint with oil and pray that you may be healed what is what yeah. is scripture telling us about that well james 5 of course you know that's the text and, and there's some dispute uh, uh as to exactly what that uh is james says is any among you sick yeah uh let him let him call the elders of church and they'll pray over him and anoint with oil and the prayer of faith. The one who is sick will recover and all this this text there in James 5. There's some dispute about what that actually is in the Greek. It's asthenuo and, and that could refer to a physical sickness. It could also, however, refer to a physical, I mean, a, a spiritual sickness. spiritual sickness or spiritual weakness. Right. And Commentators are kind of divided on that. Yeah. Personally, I think that the context more strongly argues for a spiritual weakness than a physical sickness mm. because there's nothing else in James in the whole book. I'm actually preaching through James as I get an opportunity, but there's nothing else in the entire book of James about uh, sickness, but there's a lot about sin and uh, living out the Christian life, kind of Christianity and blue jeans, as James has been called. But uh, I think the context more strongly you know, slightly tilts in, the, in that favor. But even if it is, let's just say it is referring to a physical illness. Okay. Um, it is not a blanket promise for healing. Right. Because we see so many other examples in Scripture of faithful servants of God. Getting sick. Getting sick. Yeah. Staying sick. Dying of sickness. Right. Elisha, 2 Kings 13, died of a sickness. Yes. And he had a double portion anointing, you know, of, of Elijah. Of Elijah, right. So, uh, and yet he died of an illness. Uh, we see the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 4, verse 13. He said, it was because of a bodily illness that I came and preached the gospel to you the first time. That's right. So um, you, you have these faithful servants of God 
who are sick. Yeah. So it's it cannot be a blanket promise. Yes, if you if you anoint a sick person with oil, pray over them, they'll recover. And the elders of the church call the elders call of the, the church. Call the elders of the church. It's this. It's the one who's ill or spiritually weak or whatever, calling the elders to him, Co- confessing well, sin. Confessing sin. Right. What do we see in the the charismatic movement? We see the faith healer, quote unquote calling the sick to him right it's actually kind of the it's what we see in the charismatic world is the reverse of what we see in james 5. yeah right well thank you so much justin for the ministry yeah. that you do i thank know you've you. got thank clouds you. without water uh two that you're selling here at your table uh right you do have copies of it yes I do. okay i didn't yes. want to say that no, preemptively no, and you not have any out there absolutely uh, we've done that in our church so i encourage anybody to go through that and learn some of the dangers of the charismatic movement which Beth Moore and Christine Kane are both heavily caught up in. Yes. And, uh, and so they're, I know that they're favorites, women in particular love them, but we need to be aware of the difference between doctrine that comes from the word and doctrine that comes from the world. That's right, absolutely. Yeah. So, thank you, brother. Thank you, Gabe. I appreciate your ministry, brother. And that is it. Yeah. So thank you to everybody again for coming by the table and for listening to the broadcast today. And we'll bring the remaining questions that we have back home with us. So I hope you uh, enjoyed our very unique on the road uh, podcast yep. today. So recording from the hotel room Woo-hoo. in Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> or what? What is it that uh, Al Mohler says? I'm reporting to you from Atlanta, Georgia. This is the briefing. <laughs> Something. I, anyway. However, we close that. Yeah. Let's let's pray. Yes, let's. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this conference. We thank you for the wonderful people that we've met. Uh, We thank you for the messages that are being preached here, the gospel that is being proclaimed, the challenge that is being given to be right worshipers of God. And when it comes to worship, we are to worship you as you have said you are to be worshipped according to your word. I pray we understand Romans uh, 12.1, that we present our bodies as living sacrifices unto the Lord. This is our spiritual act of worship, holy and pleasing unto you. We're pursuing righteousness and holiness in the name of Christ and so grateful for the grace that you show to us every day. Forgive us our sins and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the schemes of the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. study in the Word of God, that you may know the mind of God.
for more of our videos and other online ministry. Um, You're almost there. Keep going. There. You, you got it. You got it. Visit. Visit our website at www.utt.com. Here once again is Pastor Gabe. Yay! Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs>